ladies, puberty, PMT, pregnancy, the menopause. Yes, your hormones have been taking you for a ride for years. Hot flushes on the bus, menopausal meltdowns in the office, whatever those hormones have made you do, Jenny Smith and Kate Bouse are here to lend a sympathetic ear. Why not write in and share your hormonal hell with the girls? Don't worry, they've heard it all before. It's time to put those hormones in the firing line. This is Dear Hormones. Welcome to your safe space, ladies. Coming up on today's show, why reasoning during a meltdown just won't cut it, wet flannels in the bedroom, and a top tip for dealing with those menopausal sleepless nights. Hello and welcome to Dear Hormones. Hi, Kate. Hello, Jenny. Uh, just another big thank you for downloading our podcast. We really appreciate it. And another little favour, actually. Just want to ask if you are listening to the podcast, it'd be amazing if you could subscribe, rate and review. Apparently all those things really help to get the word out there. So that would be fantastic if you could do that. And don't forget, if you do have a letter you would like to share, um, you can email us at dearhormones at yahoo.com. And you can also message us on Instagram where we are at dearhormones hormones please do that because we're really enjoying getting your letters um before we start i just want to give a massive shout out to davina mccall and producer kate muir who did an absolutely fantastic documentary that was on channel 4 last week it was called davina mccall sex myths and the menopause and if you missed it i'm sure you'll be able to find it on catch up um, there was also a really good article in the observer all about this documentary where kate muir was interviewed and this is her description of the documentary she says and there's nowhere we don't go losing jobs to hot flushes vaginal dryness memory loss orgasms after menopause and the shocking misinformation we've been fed on hormone replacement therapy she says but above all we give the menopausal taboo the kicking it has long deserved so if you didn't see that documentary please do try and find it um, I really really recommend it if you are like me going through the perimenopause right now and with that in mind, I think I'll read my first letter. <laughs> this is from an anonymous writer, and the letter is called Captain Injustice. And I think it's about a little bit of rage again. Oh, so. goodness. All right. Dear Jenny and Kate, I'm in my early 50s and have been on HRT for quite a few months. The HRT has been brilliant so far. It has reduced my anxiety, which had become something of a problem, has helped me sleep at night and has stopped the hot flushes completely. I've even started exercising and have joined a gym, something I never thought I'd do in a million years. I credit the HRT for giving me the impetus I needed to finally start taking care of myself. Recently, however, I have noticed one of my previous symptoms, that of a complete lack of patience and understanding, creeping back in, and after consulting my doctor, have increased my dose from two to three pumps a day. Now, that's interesting because I also had to do that quite recently. I noticed after well, probably quite a few months of being on um, on two pumps a day, the, the gel, that's, that's the HRT that I take, and I noticed some things started to creep back in with me, so I started getting quite hot again at night, and I definitely started to feel that irritability mm. coming back. Um, and I also upped my dose from two to three pumps, which completely sorted me out, so... Did you consult your doctor as well before before doing that? Yes, I did. But also on my um, on the pump that I get, it says that I can take anything from two to four pumps a day. So I knew I'd be able to go up to three pumps, but I did speak to the GP just to make sure. 
Anyway, she carries on. She goes, here's what happened to me last week, which is just one of the many incidents that led to me making this decision. During lockdown, I purchased a car battery charger from a well-known high street retailer. But as soon as I got it home, it was clear the item was broken. Pieces were rattling around in the box, so I knew I'd have to get a refund. Because of COVID, this store wasn't accepting refunds, so I patiently waited for nine weeks until we were finally allowed to take things back. On the day I decided to return the item, I was more than a little annoyed when I saw that the shutters to the shop were only raised about three feet off the ground. What was going on? This immediately made me cross. In fact, anything that was even remotely inconveniencing me was making me more and more furious. I soon discovered that the shutters were in fact broken and because of this customers were not able to receive a refund that day because the card machines were located inside the shop. Oh no, that's very annoying. <laughs> Couldn't they have sort of rolled under? I'd be thinking like, I'll get in. <laughs> yeah, especially if you've waited nine weeks already to get this thing back to the shop. I can imagine getting a little bit frustrated about that, but I think, I think this woman has got more than a little frustrated. Oh, no. She says, in hindsight, this is a perfectly reasonable explanation but I was not feeling in a perfectly reasonable mood. My hormonal brain was absolutely fuming at the injustice of it all. I'd noticed that customers were still able to purchase items, bending down and retrieving them from the tiny gap at the bottom of the shutters, but heaven forbid they actually give any customers their money back. I was starting to take this whole sorry episode as a deep and personal insult. <gasps> absolutely fuming, I marched up to the shutter like Captain Injustice and bent down to give this shop worker, who in hindsight was a young part-time uni student, a piece of my mind. Already it's funny because she's had to bend down you can picture for the her, confrontation. You? <laughs> and then, bum in the air. You see, that's it. I'm picturing that. <laughs> I was going to say, she's got her bottom in the air. Bum in the air, head under the shutter. <laughs> I launched into a tirade, <laughs> pointing out that it's okay for you to let customers keep buying things, passing goods out under the shutter, creamy in the cash, but heaven forbid you actually give any money back. That's just conveniently not possible, isn't it? How ridiculous. What am I supposed to do now? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I'm on her side a little bit. I don't quite understand. So the card machines are inside, but then how does it work with people who are buying things? Because don't they need to pay by card? Yeah, I think people have bought things online and oh, they've gone to collect their items. Okay, all right. Because yeah, I've used this shop before. I'm sorry, madam, said the teenager. Our machines are located at the back of the shop, so you can't come in until the shutters are fixed. But if you still want a refund, you can... And then he launched into the most polite and considered response I've ever heard offering up a number of solutions as to how I could still get a refund that day via one of their other stores. I couldn't have felt more pissed off with him. Oh, I love that. I love it. She's annoyed yeah. with him for being so great. Yeah, yeah. She goes, solutions? Solutions? I can't tell you how furious I was that he was helping me out with solutions. <laughs> she wants to be annoyed, doesn't she? I'll tell you the solution, my hormonal brain screamed inside my head. The solution is to open the fucking shutters. That's what she said <laughs> to herself. She said just to herself. Oh, inside her head. Okay, good. <laughs> this 
lovely, polite teenager. She, she hasn't actually said it out loud. Phew. Oh, she says, this was one of four other similar episodes that occurred that week, which is why I'm now rubbing three pumps of gel onto my legs instead of two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can't she tell us the other four? Yeah, let's get her to write in and then we can feature one each week, can't we? <laughs> I want to know them all. I um, understand that. When I was hormonal, I mean, not even me menopausal, but when I had PMT, I get that bit where someone's trying to be really reasonable with you. Oh, it's okay, don't worry. Because you're kind of really enjoying that rage and you really need to kind of get it off your chest. And if someone's not up for the fight, it kind of just deflates you a little bit. So... <laughs> I guess do you feel you feel as though you're in the right as well you know it's this righteous rage I'm in the right and then when they give a sort of a, a different a different way around it it's like no I it's my way and I'm right yeah the fact that you were saying it's so fine you can go and get an, a refund just pop along to that shop instead where she should have said oh that's brilliant I'll go and do that instead but she was like no that's not good enough why are you telling me why how I get my refund I want my refund now I want to have it from the shutters and all with her bottom in the air yeah <laughs> forgotten that bit <laughs> I really feel for her I feel for her and also a little bit the same when I said I upped my dose it was little things like that that were starting to really piss me off that I knew that I wouldn't normally be annoyed with yeah so th thank you for that letter thank you yeah. indeed I have got quite a few people who've been speaking to me about this podcast and saying that they friends who are younger than I am who are saying that they don't think that they're particularly hormonal but that they can really relate to these rage stories Jenny <laughs> So, oh, interesting. Yes, they say they say possibly not to the same level, but that they can see that if hormones do kick in, that um, yeah, they yeah. would be. But also, I guess if you're not perimenopausal, then you are still obviously having a period every month. That's true. And I, I know you didn't really experience this, but I used to experience this kind of rage every single month. In fact, it's funny, I was talking to another friend the other day and she was saying, and it made me really laugh because she said, because actually when I think about it, she said, you know, I suffered really bad PMT. I had really heavy periods. They lasted for X amount of days. I worked out that I had a one week window where I could get anything done. Oh, one week window no. every month it's not fair is it no it's not and that's been going on for all our lives pretty much you know i started my periods at 11. so really when you think about it there's only really been one week a month where i felt okay <laughs> and that's not that's not okay women get a duff deal <laughs> we're amazing we are goodness me yeah have your hormones been getting the better of you why not drop us a line and tell us all about it email dearhormones at yahoo.com or find us on Instagram at Dear Hormones. Um, I'm going to move on to letter number two, which is called Cheese. Oh, okay. And um, we know that this has been sent to us from Claire. Thank you, Claire. And she's in Linlithgow. I may not be saying that right. It's in Scotland. I'd love to do a great Scottish accent for you here, but I, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Um, so well, I, I love that we've got a Scottish listener. That's great. Hello. Dear Jenny and Kate, right from the moment of conception, pregnancy hit me with a bang. A wave of hormone, yes, definitely hormone, literally went through my body in that nanosecond. Then I forgot all about it until I went off tea and started feeling increasingly nauseous. A nausea that peaked at throwing up eight times a day, fading God. to four times a day for the rest of the pregnancy. Oh my God, eight times a day, fading to four times a day. That is a lot. <laughs> no. Like for nine months. Oh. I phoned NHS 24 on my sickest day. These were the days before Kate Middleton popularised the word hyperemesis. I'm not sure if I'm saying that yeah. right, Jenny, am I? I think so, yeah. She I hasn't so, popularised it enough for me to... 
me to be able to pronounce it. But I'm guessing this means throwing up a lot, maybe. Throwing up all the time. I remember yeah. that story about Kate Middleton. As you know, I love the royals. Well, I thought you'd be able to pronounce it, Jenny. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I just call it chucking up. <laughs> That's not very royal. That's not very fortunate. No, Jenny. she wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm embarrassed. And the nurse said rather unsympathetically, welcome to pregnancy, dear. Oh, thanks very much. Looking back, I think I might have benefited from a drip as I couldn't tolerate water. How awful. I thought milk would help. I was drinking so much milk, I started to smell and my vomit was curdled. Hubby oh said, God. I turned into a cheese factory. Oh, God. <laughs> now, I'm telling you now, because pregnancy is hard work, isn't it? Uh, you're already feeling sick, being sick four times a day, and then your husband turns around <laughs> and acknowledges the fact by telling you you smell like a cheese factory. Oh, Claire. <laughs> Poor girl. <sighs> Wasn't she? It was at that point I discovered my saviour, flat iron brew. Oh. I had this and five other drinks on the go at any one time, determined to avoid dehydration. I still had to pull over to puke behind the bins on my way to work. Oh, no. I like it that she's given us a tip here. And somebody, I think I've spoken to somebody who had a similar problem and she said that Coca-Cola was what worked for her. So maybe these oh, sorts really? of... Oh, really? Yeah, these energy drinks, maybe. I remember thinking it would never end. Every ounce of my energy went into that wee baby. I should have said that with a nice Scottish accent there. Oh, yeah. Have a go, Kate. <laughs> we, no, that's going to be too bad. My now 12-year-old son definitely took it out of me. And next time round, it wasn't as bad. Women are amazing. Oh, she's finished with that, which is basically what we just said. Women are amazing. Yeah, women are amazing. And whoa, what an awful nine months that was. Thank God you have a nice baby at the end of it because, oh... I think she's incredible that she went through it a second time, actually, because that would really put you off, wouldn't it? Nine months of going through that. Yeah, it really would. Um, flat iron brew. Have you even had iron brew? I've never had iron brew in my life. Oh, I have. I, re I mean, I shouldn't say this to any Scottish listeners out there will hate me for it because they, they do tend to like it up there, don't they? But oh, I didn't like it at all. And flat iron brew, surely that's even worse. Is it? Is it alcoholic, Jenny? It's not, no, it's not alcoholic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I always think of it as a bit like, what's that other one that's, um, I always think of as being equally gross? Tizer. I can't think. Tizer. Is it Tizer? Yeah, is <laughs> it? Right? I, I just made that up. Lucasade. No, it's not Lucasade. There's something else. Anyway, this could get quite boring if I try and go through all the fizzy <laughs> drinks. But... but Claire, thank you for that tip. It's good to know. And anybody who's listening who's got a similar problem, try some flat iron brew or Coca-Cola, as yeah. another friend of mine has said to me. I didn't have that kind of sickness at all, but I did feel really queasy for a lot of my pregnancy. And the way I combated that was by going to eat, which is like this sort of like that fast food, sort of like Pret-a-Manger type place, and having a pie every single day at 12 <gasps> o'clock. <laughs> I was enormous by the end of that pregnancy. <laughs> I think we're all enormous by the end of a pregnancy, but what, yeah, what pies? Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Any pie, whatever the, they, they have a pie, pie of the day at eat. So I used to, it was when I was working at this radio station and I used to be, have, had my eye on the clock and the minute it got to 12 o'clock when I felt that that was a reasonable time to have lunch, I'd have my coat on and be straight out, straight to eat and having whatever pie was on offer. <laughs> every, every single weekday, hence the three stone that I put on. <laughs> but it's the only thing I could do to take away that slight queasy, general queasy feeling that I had. Did you have anything? Or were you also very lucky with your pregnancies, Kate? Oh, I was quite oh, lucky. <laughs> Sorry, I was quite lucky. I um I didn't feel much like eating meat. I'd say that's the the one thing. So I didn't yeah. eat much, I didn't eat very much meat. And actually, which actually turns out to be quite good for you. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. So, yeah, and that's actually possibly even since having children, I've not eaten so much meat and and less and less. So 
Yeah. Oh, you, you really have led a charmed hormonal life, haven't you? <laughs> to date. <laughs> yes, to date. Still on Kate's menopause watch, guys. <laughs> um, OK, I'll read our next letter. Um, it's called Wet Flannel. Don't know where we're going with this one. Ooh. <laughs> it's from Rachel in Derby. And she says, Dear Jenny and Kate, I don't know about you, but I'm always boiling in the mornings. So I think that she is perimenopausal. So hot. I have to go downstairs in my bra and pants to make the pack lunches, much to my kids' horror. <laughs> I can't properly dress until after 11 o'clock when I properly cool down. Fine for now, working from home, but it's going to be pretty tricky to handle when I start going back into the office after the pandemic. I was going to say that must be tricky on the school run as well. Yeah, let, let's hope her kids are older and walking themselves to school. <laughs> she says, I also get ridiculously hot feet. I don't know anyone else who suffers with this, but I'm a shocker for it. I'm in flip-flops in the dead of winter, and when I go to bed at night, I have to wrap a cold flannel around my feet. What is that all about? You can imagine, my husband just loves it. No covers on our bottom halves, and a soggy, wet flannel that ends up on his side of the bed later into the night. Uh oh! <laughs> I haven't heard that actually about hot feet, but I do. I was watching Loose Women the other day, and um, Linda Robson was talking about how something about her feet, about how her feet really stink, something Ooh. to do with the me menopause. You know, they were talking about body odor. Right. She was talking to one of the other women who was saying, it's funny actually, the other woman was saying that she suffers quite badly from body odor, which is a hormonal sort of thing that she's going through. Mm. And Linda Robson said, Yeah, I know you do. I mean, I'll tell you, don't I, when you smell? I just say, You know, go and get some more deodorant on, Stace. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> And then she started talking about her really stinky feet that she thinks is also a hormonal thing. So kind of maybe ties in with this woman having her boiling hot feet. Yeah, so she could do with a scented flannel, Linda, couldn't she? That's a great idea. <laughs> oh, Kate, that could be a new product, couldn't it? Oh, scented flannels, wet flannels. We could have all sorts of flannels to help with perimenopause. Maybe branded up dear hormones, dear hormone scented flannels. Mm, I think that's <laughs> a great idea. Service. And wet flannel, well. Yeah. <laughs> and hot water bottles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And cold dog gel mats. Dog cool <laughs> gel, cool gel mats. And iron, flat iron brew. We could have a whole range. Right, let's start a list, a little product list of things that we've been recommending on Dear Hormones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't get the very hot feet. I get very cold feet. I've got the opposite problem. Yeah, I have that as well. Oh, yeah. awful. The rest of me gets lovely and warm, not the cold feet, particularly when I am when I go to bed at night. Gosh, I just it keeps me awake, my cold feet. It takes a while until I, what I really need is a Dear Hormones hot water bottle for that you do or i forget to take my hot water bottle to bed i need to try harder to remember or you could just put a pair of socks on kate what about that no i find that doesn't help jenny do you find that does it not that? no it sort of almost does the opposite this is not an interesting conversation in any way but the socks <laughs> socks don't do it for me <laughs> right <laughs> okay. well, let's move on let's move on kate please you've got another letter for us oh, quick, quick crack on before people on. tune out <laughs> Right, the next letter is entitled Open Water. It's been sent to us by Scarlett. Scarlett says, Dear Jenny and Kate, one thing that I have suffered from over the last years has been sleepless nights. I have lain awake knowing that I will be shattered the next day and completely unable to do anything about it. I think, Jenny, you've said that you've had that problem in the past. Have you Awful. Well? That was that was a really big symptom for me, apart from the rage, um, was waking up in the middle of the night, about two or three o'clock in the morning and not being able to get back to sleep. And then, of course, it affects your mood the next day. And mm. um, yeah, it's it's a big symptom of the perimenopause, actually waking up in the middle of the night and insomnia. And I understand that one. Mm. So she's known she'll be shattered the next day. And then she says, 
and I have been shattered the next day. I am a secondary school teacher and need to be on the ball to keep lessons pacey and kids paying attention. Yeah, I mean, that's hard work in itself, as you know, Kate. <laughs> I do, primary school teacher. Instead, I found myself drifting off, unable to focus. I thought I would share with you what has been for me the greatest help in dealing with this problem. Open water swimming. My top Ooh. tip. Being immersed in cold water, particularly when that is in a beautiful natural place, so refreshing. It really gets the positive endorphins going, so you feel amazing all day. It helps me to focus my mind on the days that follow a bad night's sleep, and it also helps me to sleep better. So that's a great piece of advice, isn't it? Yes, I've also heard that about um, open water swimming and how cold water can be really good, particularly with women um, of our age. And we've actually got some friends, haven't we, Kate, that go open water swimming religiously every week and they swear by it. I've got another friend also who lives in South London and she goes swimming in the Thames every week as well. She's again our age and goes with a group of friends and she says it's absolutely fantastic. I think I watched a documentary about it as well not that long ago talking about the benefits of um, of getting in the water. I think now the weather is starting to improve. I think I can see the, the sort of appeal but these friends that we're, talk we're talking about, I mean they've been going right through in the middle of winter and I can't see myself even in a wetsuit. You see I was going to say have you felt tempted to join them but you <laughs> You know, I'm the same as you. I would be in the summer. I love open water swimming; it's wonderful. But in the cold, not so much. I think this um, probably stems from an experience that I had a few years ago when um, I was given a present from my husband for Christmas, which I was very excited about. So um, he is a diver. He's done lots of diving in the past, and yeah. he was keen for me to learn to dive as well, and I was keen too. So he gave he gifted me an open water diving course, a paddy Ooh. course. Great, wonderful. Um, but this open water course was in Battersea. So off I went every week to my open water diving course. And at the beginning, this was all in a swimming pool. And I'd thought that the whole thing would be in a swimming pool. So I went along every week, was having quite a good time, really nice people on the course. But then there was one more week left. And they said, so of course, next week, we won't be meeting here. We will be meeting at, and it was this gravel pit near Heathrow. Because <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't registered. But... To do an open to, to get your paddy open water diving certificate, you do have to swim in open water, and of course, yeah. we don't have a lovely, <laughs> a lovely warm sea near where we are. So the closest open water to Battersea was this gravel pit. Oh, Kate, that takes all the romance and charm out of it, doesn't it? It's awful. So the water was, and I've got no real idea about degrees of water, but if, if people know, it was apparently it was seven degrees was the temperature of the water. I think this was in January. Right, sounds freezing. We weren't allowed to wear dry suits because we weren't qualified to wear dry suits and you couldn't do it, I don't know, for some reason. So we could only wear our wetsuits. And they were literally briefing us saying, you're going to be so cold when you're down there, but you will have to remove your mask because this is one of the things that you have to do to get your qualification. So when you remove your mask, be really careful that you hold onto it very tight because it's likely that your hand will be shaking so much <laughs> from, from being so cold that you could lose your mask. And if you lose your mask, you probably won't be able to find it because it's so murky down there that you can't see any further than, you know, <laughs> the visibility is approximately 20 centimetres. <laughs> due, due to all the gravel. <laughs> yeah, oh, gosh, it was, um, they were kind of like larvae swimming all around you. It was like this muddy, murky pit of water, larvae all around, 
freezing cold, oh. shivering, 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 <laughs> removing this mask. There was like, there was a dumped, the dumped bits of metal. There was a car, I think, like an old disused oh car that had been dumped down there. It was horrendous. <laughs> it was one of the most horrifying experiences of my life. Oh and my God. <laughs> and I think since then, the thought of swimming in cold water in the winter <laughs> in the UK it's just you know I've gone right off it yeah maybe we should recommend that location to our friends <laughs> not too far for them to get to <laughs> really wouldn't wish it on them it wasn't fun oh, that sounds horrific right you've put me right off any kind of open water swimming now <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the idea of, of being like those friends of ours I want to be that person I want to be that yes. sporty that sporty person who's all gung-ho and just goes for it but Sadly, I'm not. I've just, I think the, the new me is instead, I've decided that instead to cultivate the sporty look, I'm just investing in some sporty clothes. Yeah, good idea. Let's fake it. Let's fake it. Maybe we should try going once together, Kate, and just see what happens, see what kind of difference it makes to our mood. <laughs> Do it as an experiment for our dear hormone listeners. We can talk, go and report back as to whether it made us sleep better, made us feel better, you know, yeah. less angry or whatever. Can we build up to it? Yeah, when it's really hot. <laughs> We'll start in August and then we'll go from there. Let's start, if it's going to be open water, let's start at an open air swimming pool that's heated. We'll start <laughs> off there. <laughs> but we'll be in the open air. We could start at an indoor swimming pool. <laughs> no. <Yeah>, okay. <laughs> oh dear. But we yeah. should really try it. it we should try it, yeah. And it obviously has done wonderful things for Scarlett. I must admit, I do absolutely love being in the sea, in the, in the summer this is. I love swimming in the sea. There is a river actually quite close to where my mum lives and we do swim in that river in the summer and that is absolutely beautiful. But again, it's in the summer, you're, it, it's cold to get in, but it's beautiful when you get out and you're mm. sunbathing to dry off. I mean, that's really appealing, isn't it? But there's something about that, particularly our friends that have been going in the middle of winter, getting out absolutely frozen, you know, probably skidding on ice as they try and get their clothes back on. They're, there's something that just I sort of think I think I'd rather be have a sleepless night <laughs> oh, no I don't think I would actually <laughs> well we'll see if your symptoms do start Kate maybe yeah. maybe that's something you're gonna get roped into that just not in the gravel pit right now the letter's not even finished Jenny so I'm going to continue now oh I know so Scarlett goes on I thought I would also share with you one amusing story since so many of the stories on this podcast have amused me at the end of one challenging term filled with too many sleepless nights I was preparing for a holiday. I decided to do this properly and go for a bikini wax. I entered the salon and was shown into the room where the treatment would take place. I stripped off my lower half and I lay down, ready for what was to come. In walked the therapist. I was horror struck. She was one of the students that I taught for GCSE the previous year. Oh, week. you're kidding me. <laughs> oh, no. Can you imagine? Oh no, you know. GCSE I mean, students. Miss, hi, miss. <laughs> you feel for both of them in that scenario. That is awful. What would you do? Do you, do you say, like, whoa, sorry? Do you ask for another therapist or do you just sort of style it out? What did she do? And she just, she went, she carried on. She went through oh. with it. <laughs> oh, that would have been, I mean, that GCSE student is obviously telling that story to everyone she knows, isn't she? <laughs> Probably describing it in detail. <laughs> Oh dear. I hope it wasn't one of those waxes where you, because some women just take take everything off for the wax, don't they? I wonder whether, <laughs> whether <laughs> I'm hoping she had the pants on. I don't think she did from what she says here. Oh, you know, stop. <laughs> oh no. Oh. She stripped off her lower half. I mean, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> 
It's true. We don't know how much of the lower half. We don't know how much because sometimes they give you little pants to put on. Sometimes they don't. Some people don't want to put the pants on and have the whole thing off, don't they? (laughs) Scarlett, well done. You're a brave lady. And thank you for that, for the for the open water swimming tip as well. It's bad enough going for a wax anyway, like legs, bikini, whatever wax it is. It's absolute <laughs> agony. And I mean, I dread it, let alone having your students do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that that's going to be going around the school. You just know that everyone's going to know about that, don't you? In about five minutes flat. We feel your pain. Um, Right, I've got one last letter for us this week, Kate, and this is entitled Licorice. And they say, Dear Jenny and Kate, one of the worst symptoms of the menopause for me was the terrible hot flushes. And I think that's one of the worst ones for everybody. Honestly, Mm. it affects so much of your life. She says, I was walking around summer and winter with no coat and often had to go home during my lunch break to change my wet clothes. I didn't want to take HRT at the time because I'd heard, wrongly I think, that it could cause weight gain. And she's right there, doesn't cause weight gain. But I think just being in this time of our lives causes weight gain. So she says, so I set to work on finding an alternative. I don't know if it was an old wives tale or not, but someone told me to eat licorice. So I ate absolutely loads of it. I deeply regretted this decision later that day though, when I was caught short in town. All I can say is it's a good job my trousers were tucked into my boots. Needless to say, I never ate licorice again. What? Hang on. So (laughs) (laughs) she's had an accident. Yes. I think she's filled her boots. That's right. (laughs) Thankfully, her trousers were tucked into her boots. Kate, I didn't know that about licorice, did you? Nor did I. And I like a bit of licorice. Do you? Well, go easy on it, Kate. Well, well, uh... Will now. <laughs> I've not ever eaten great quantities of it, but yeah, no, I, I certainly won't from here on. No, in. and I, oh. I also haven't heard the thing that it helps with hot flushes, but I'm guessing it didn't help with hot flushes. It just gave her <laughs> appalling, what's by the sound of it, diarrhea. So, how <laughs> terrible for her. Yeah, I know. What a nightmare. Um, thanks for writing in. That's quite a brave one to share. She doesn't give us her name though. So, <laughs> where did I'm sorry, I missed. Where did she say that she was when this happened? She says um, in town. <laughs> she was caught short in town. Yeah. <gasps> Gosh, just oh my goodness, Kate. Actually, I'm just going to do a little teaser here. Um, kind of similar story is coming up next week. If you want to tune in next week, <laughs> I've just had we had a letter and it it made me. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through it without laughing, Kate. It's it's such a fun, it's such a funny letter. And the girl does say we are allowed to laugh, and it's got something to do with it's that kind of thing. <laughs> so so if that so if that's your bag, tune in next oh. week. <laughs> I don't know how many people's bag that's going to be, but if you, know, if you like a bit of um, slight sort of poo-related stories, oh, then, then, then then next week is the episode for you. <laughs> we do all like a story that makes us laugh, though. <laughs> yeah, and thanks for writing in, Anonymous. <laughs> um, that, that's the end, Kate. We've, we've read all our letters this week. There, there were some brilliant ones in there again. So thanks so much for writing in. Honestly, we can't uh, thank you enough. We wouldn't have a podcast if it wasn't for you. And as we said at the beginning, it would be so amazing if you could subscribe to this podcast, if you can rate us, if you can review us, and if you could just tell one other person that you know, maybe just send the link around to maybe a WhatsApp group or something and get some people listening because um, 
um, we're hearing some such positive things from people. People are leaving lovely reviews. And I think the main thing we're taking away is that people are enjoying sharing these stories and hearing other people going through similar things to them. And that's really one of the main reasons why we started this, because I was feeling so appalling about some of the things that I'd done particularly to my son and actually hearing other people doing similar things does help it really does help mm. and we've got dear hormones badges haven't we jenny of course yes thank you so much we are sending these um badges out so if you haven't had one yet don't worry it is on its way anyway thank you so much for listening and um yeah tune in next week for another poo related story <laughs> see you then <laughs> oh wait <laughs> thank you goodbye that was Dear Hormones with Jenny Smith and Kate Baus. If you've got a story to share, email the girls at dearhormones at yahoo.com or they're at dearhormones on Instagram. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>